Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Heidi Pickman. Maybe you've been busy at work. Maybe you've been busy at home. For whatever reason, you've missed the round one and two deadlines at the business schools that you've been considering. You're trying to decide whether you should apply in round three or wait until next year. In this podcast, Last-Minute Applicants, How to Succeed in Round 3, you'll find information to help you make your decision on whether to go for it now or wait another year and advice on how to navigate the waters and complete your application on time. We'll also explore some of the different attitudes schools have toward Round 3. First, should you or shouldn't you? Let's lay all the negativity on the table so we can dispense with it. You've heard time and again that round three applications are problematic. The school might wonder why you are going to business school. Maybe you're unemployed. Maybe you don't like your job and you want out. Maybe you want to be part of the lucrative financial industry. The schools are going to wonder if you've got your act together. They're going to wonder why it took you so long to get your application together. They're going to wonder if you can multitask and survive business school with obligations to classes, clubs, recruiting, and networking. Or they might wonder if they're your number one choice. None of these are good questions for schools to be asking. Graham Richmond is the co-founder and director of Clear Admit. He is somewhat of a traditionalist when it comes to giving advice about applying in round three. First piece of advice is apply early. Second piece of advice is if you're at the point where, you know, all that's left is the last round for a school, I think you should seriously consider about applying early the next cycle, meaning literally wait a year, you know, well, wait six months to apply, but wait a year to start your education, essentially, because, again, your odds of getting in are going to be so slim if we're dealing with top programs um, that often it makes sense to really reassess and make sure that a round three or round four application is what you really want to do. Kofi Kankam is the founder and director of Admit Advantage, an admissions consulting firm. He says round three is tough. It's really a question of supply and demand. If, if schools are potentially not getting high demand, then they're typically – you know, much more likely to, you know, overlook some, some, you know, some rules here and there to let a good candidate come in. But to be honest with you, the schools have a lot of leverage, especially in this economy where a lot of people are looking to go back to school and there's a lot of demand such that they'll often tell a candidate, no, you know, sorry, just apply next year. Given steep odds and the advice that people give against applying late, both consultants, not to mention most schools, recognize that there are legitimate reasons for applying late. Richmond says that you need to consider the perspective of the admissions directors. They're assembling a class, and they probably have people from different backgrounds already in that class. And so you need to show them how you're going to meet some un, unmet need. You know, what, what is it about your candidacy that's going to help them to complete the puzzle that they're assembling, which is their class? Cancom says that if you're going to apply late, the first thing that you should do regarding your application is a bit counterintuitive. Somewhat acknowledge your late application focus on the positive attributes. Jed Gold is a late applicant who, after an epiphany at work, was successfully admitted to and graduated UCLA's Anderson School of Business. Gold did as Cancom says and subscribed to the honesty is the best policy when first approaching about being late, whether in round three or just playing late. When I called the admissions office that uh, that afternoon, knowing that the applications were due the next morning and I hadn't started it. I took a really sort of candid, humorous approach to it, figuring that there was going to be no way to uh, to really justify the fact that I was applying so late and hadn't even started the admissions process. So 
you know, I introduced myself and said that I was going to make probably one of the stranger requests that they'd heard in a while, um, but that I I was interested in attending UCLA. I recognized that the applications were due the next day, but there was no way that I was going to be able to get my application in because I had just decided that afternoon to actually apply and sort of waited for the pause slash laugh on the other end. And you have to convince them that you are serious about attending the program. There was sort of a bit of a befuddled silence on the other end, actually, until I commented about the fact that I recognized that I was not coming off as the most responsible candidate in the world. And then all of a sudden, I sort of got a almost like a very sympathetic approach from them, you know, which was, you know, don't worry about it. We understand. You know, they inquired immediately as to what I was doing for work uh, and sort of what I was, you know, what I was hoping to get out of the program and just a couple um, cursory questions. Um, but clearly they wanted to get a sense of how serious I was and if I, you know, was going to be able to actually bring something to the program because at the end of the day, these schools are uh, are very much looking to put together a diverse group of people who bring different things to their programs. Richmond says that finding a way to stand out is crucial if you're applying late. In some people's cases, it'll be easy, like maybe they're coming from the Peace Corps or where they'd have a great excuse. They could say, gosh, I was just you know, in Zambia for the last you know, six months, couldn't apply in the early rounds, but I'm now back and ready to start an MBA program in the fall. Here's my application. So there they have kind of two great things. One is they have a unique background. Two is they have a great excuse for being late to the game. But, you know, if you're a banker or a consultant, then you probably need to find another angle. Maybe it's that you have a unique set of career goals or that your activities outside of the office have been somewhat unique in terms of volunteer work you're doing or just outside activities that you've pursued. He says another crucial element for a late applicant is that you need to go into the process with no weaknesses. Meaning it's already kind of a weakness that you're applying late, and so you wouldn't want any other area like your academic profile, your results on the GMAT, the quality of the essays you write to come across as being um, below average. So ideally the candidates that get in in the final round are not only somewhat unique, but usually they certainly don't have any question marks when it comes to their GMAT results or their undergraduate GPAs, etc. For example, a low GMAT score is a red flag. Here's Robert Wagner, Interim Director of Graduate Admissions at Babson College, F.W. Olin School of Business. If we get an application in, in round three and the GMAT score is nine months to a, a year old and it's not really a strong score, um, sometimes, you know, we'll ask the candidate or wonder why, well, you know, you've taken extra time to, you know, submit your application. Why haven't you retaken the GMAT? So that can factor in. Kofi Kankum has a lot of additional advice on how to approach the application and use the optional essay. Try to focus on highlighting the parts of the school, whether it's courses, students, clubs, etc you know, that might really resonate with you. You really have to emphasize fit in this instance. Um, you know, you can use reasons such as saying, you know, you want to take the time to really submit your best application since, you know, school's high selective, and potentially that would include a retake of the GMAT. So a candidate could say that, you know, they could have rushed an application in for round two, but they wanted to make sure it was their best product. They also can indicate, you know, that they wanted to take time to make sure they were ready to really apply. 
you know, it's a huge decision and process to go through the application sort of, you know, um, sequence as it is. And every school is going to ask you, you know, why do you want to get an MBA, but also why do you want to get it now? And a student indicating that he or she really took that question seriously, that could potentially resonate with admissions officers. Um, Candidates can also potentially indicate that they need to focus on some job project, which really precluded them from, you know, doing enough heavy research and allocating enough time to submit a strong application. So what's the first thing you should do when faced with standing out and presenting a strong application at the 11th hour? Gold says it was hurry up and go. I literally hung up the phone and immediately sort of set out my sort of plan of attack as to what needed to get done and who was going to need the most time, for instance, uh, getting my referrals taken care of. I knew I wasn't going to be able to give somebody a day or two to do that, so I immediately contacted the you know, few people that I was going to have submit for me, told them of my plan, and asked them if they'd be willing to get that going for me. And that was sort of part one. Part two was the essays. I looked at those and started to hammer out, okay, what do I need to do? And it was it literally was over the next couple of days, which was a weekend, I knocked out the first couple of drafts of of my essays and sort of trying to think about what those needed to say. And remember what Kofi Kankum said before. Use the optional essay to craft your convincing story of why you want to go to business school, why this business school, and why now. So you have a strong application, you stand out, what are your chances of getting in? Probably close to what they would have been if you applied in round one or two. In round three, a greater percentage of applications seem to have been thrown together at the last minute, or that are from people who don't seem to understand the admissions process. If you take these people out of the numbers, the admission statistics for round three look pretty similar to round one and two. But of course, those admissions numbers are relative to the school. The common element between schools is that they all accept applications in round three. But every school is different in their approach to round three applications. The spectrum runs the gamut from rolling admissions, which is no deadline, to very competitive, as in few spaces are available to round three applicants. Starting with the competitive schools, here's consultant Graham Richmond. I think you'll find at the top MBA programs, which are you know full-time MBA programs, where there's no shortage of applicants, that the flexibility is, is less. <laughs> um, and, and in fact, there's really no incentive for a school like Stanford or Harvard because they, quite frankly, they, you know, they have already you know, eight to ten candidates for every spot in the class anyway, and, and so they don't really need to, to make exceptions or bend the rules. Sujin Kwan Ko is the director of admissions for the Roth School at the University of Michigan. She warns that at Roth, round three is very competitive. Round three is a really small round, and it is for those people who realize at the last minute, you know, maybe I do want to go to school this fall. Um, and so it's a really small percentage of applications that comes in during that round. We don't reserve a certain number or percentage of slots for round three applicants, but by the time we are reviewing round three applications, our class is pretty much um, substantially full. She explains why round three is so competitive and echoes our other guests about successful round three applicants. You really have to turn in a good app, um, make sure your essays are well written, your GMAT score is strong, your um, rec letters are in on time and very supportive. They really have to get it together because what we do during round three is compare 
those applicants to all of the people that we've waitlisted from rounds one and two who got their applications in much earlier and we're now looking at a bigger pool than just the round three pool. At the University of Florida's full-time MBA programs, it's always a good time to apply. Alex Sevilla is the assistant dean and director. He says they never close out a class as it relates to size. What that means for us is you know, the, the deadlines are important. They are especially important as it relates to scholarship consideration. The earlier somebody applies, it is far more likely that they will, they will be considered for, for some type of scholarship funding. Uh, but you know, our philosophy is you know, we're, we're looking for the, the absolute best candidates, and uh, when those candidates apply, if, if they meet all of those criteria, then we are willing to look at them. It's not a standard practice, and, and certainly we prefer to be able to review them in, in the, the typical life cycle. But the, the point being that you know, once we've built the majority of our class, uh, we always have room, you know, a, a, a couple of seats in each one of these sections that if very highly qualified candidates apply late, then it's within our best interest and certainly makes sense for, for the rest of the cohort to bring in those individuals and we have the space to do that. And it's not a stigma to apply in round three, especially in this economy. Again, Sevilla. We've seen, you know, over the past two years, more more candidates who, you know, just simply stated, you know, are either... Um, you know, things are not looking, you know, favorably within their current employment situation, or perhaps they have been laid off through no fault of their own. Uh, and, you know, just the timing, if that happens in, you know, April or May, as opposed to October, or November, the, the concept of waiting and, you know, what for them would in turn be 18 full months to move forward with an MBA, a lot of times is not conducive to helping them on the job search front when trying to, you know, articulate such a large gap between employment and and starting an MBA program. It is worth to note that full-time programs are different from executive MBA programs or part-time programs. Robert Wagner of Babson says it's very common for working professionals to apply late. It's certainly a lot different than the full-time application process. We work with candidates almost as close as we can get to the enrollment stage because sometimes they're applying late because they have so many other things going on in their lives. So. Um, and again, if if they're a good quality candidate, that that's not going to be an issue. We do want to make sure that the timing is right, so they're going to get off on the right foot and be able to, you know, uh, hit the ground running when the program starts. To apply now or not to apply now? That is the question. Most people would try to persuade you to apply later. But if you're a strong candidate with strong application, then maybe you want to think about what Judd Gold, our successful late applicant, has to say. There's always a spot. There's always an exception to be made there. And that goes across everything, right? I, I don't believe that hotels are ever sold out, that restaurants are ever booked, or that business schools are ever full. For the right person at the right time, there's an opportunity to get into, into school. And so if you're committed and you have the right offerings and you are you know, willing to sort of go through that process and put yourself out there, you've got a shot at getting in. I think uh, there are very few situations in life in general where there just upper opportunity just purely doesn't exist. On that optimistic note, I'd like to thank my guests and thank you for listening. For more information, a transcript of the show, or to register for your biweekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. Join us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube to get the latest news and insight into the world of business school. This is MBA Podcaster. I'm Heidi Pickman. Be sure to tune in next time when we explore another topic of interest in your quest for an MBA.